0: on seven figures smart money strategies for women manifesting what you want in life i know the phrase that's almost overused at this point. It kind of bothers me when I hear it too. But if you do it right, it does work. The go to gal, Jacqueline Malone, is here, and that's exactly how she got featured in Forbes magazine. She manifested it to happen. How she did that, she'll explain today on the show. Plus, in our No Dumb Questions segment, why the chair of the Federal Reserve is worried for women economist grandpa mark is here to explain and we'll take a seat at the kids table serving up some leftover thanksgiving day turkey we ask the kids which is better to make or buy a gift for someone this holiday our expert is here with budget-friendly gift ideas and advice for parents seven figures is sponsored by advantage federal credit union thank you for making time to listen i want to get you to that point Where you feel good, you feel confident about your money, you have a good understanding of what's going on, so you never feel like anyone's talking down to you. And most importantly, I wanna get you to the point where you have peace of mind, you feel secure about your financial future. Okay, before we learn how to manifest what we want, let's start the show with no dumb questions. Professor Emeritus at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and author of Teachers Can Be Financially Fit, economist Grandpa Mark is here. How are you?
1: Hi, Sandy. Great to be here.
0: <laughs> are you warming up to that yet, us calling you Grandpa Mark?
1: <laughs> I love it. It's just fine. I need to have a niche in your programming, so it's just great with me.
0: <laughs> All right, so Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, recently commented on the long-term impacts from COVID-19. What big problems does he see? What do you think about it?
1: Well, he's worried. Um, He's especially concerned about women and other minorities that uh, have lost their jobs. Uh, He's worried about kids not getting an education, and this is you know, just huge. We now know of the importance of uh, face-to-face learning in schools. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so he he's uh, driven that home. And of course, uh, so many small businesses, the restaurants, the small retail outlets. While Amazon and Walmart have done extremely well during this period, uh, you know, it's the restaurant. I call them the apron workers, uh, the people that actually have to go to their jobs uh that those people have really been impacted so uh jay powell is talking about um you know he's hoping congress will in fact approve another stimulus package uh and i know there's some negotiations going on with that but i i don't know that it's at all clear that that's going to happen but uh but he sure is uh, hopeful congress could uh you know the fed's taking a lot of action by itself and, and yeah. i think he would like the help from congress
0: Why is he why did he specifically say women, though? Why is this having a a harder impact on us,
1: I think, in part? And he doesn't uh, explain beyond that. But I think, well, there's could be two things. One is so many children are out of school. uh, And so that would incur that would, you know, put it hard for mom. A lot of moms are staying home as a result of that. And the other thing is that women are often in exactly that retail space, that uh, uh, being the waitress at the local uh, Italian restaurant that uh, is working at half capacity these days. Uh, So a lot of hours got cut, a lot of jobs got cut. And you know,
0: it it sounds so traditional and stereotypical, but it still rings true. Obviously, the numbers, the data is showing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And of course, the other point I was gonna make is that the, the Fed has, all kinds of data available to it. So he's seen something there. Uh, he would never comment on this if he didn't have some very hard data behind it.
0: So what are they going to do? do? you? You? What would you do? What do you think he should do?
1: Well, uh, he's doing all he can. Uh, I don't think the Fed has many more levers that they can pull. They're being extremely accommodative. They're keeping interest rates low. They are uh, doing massive buys of uh, treasuries Treasury securities and uh, mortgage-backed securities. Uh, the Fed balance sheet shows it has increased by trillions of dollars, uh, and what they're trying to do is keep money in the economy. So, and and yet it's it still scares a lot of people. And the only way they can buy anything is they they can create money, right? They they mm. they're creating new money, and so this is, you know, I don't think anyone's seriously arguing with. Uh, what Powell is doing here in the Federal Reserve Board but it's still a little scary right uh, it's a little reason you know that this sounds like something that Venezuela or Argentina would do rather than the United States
0: gosh where's the positive and We'll get
1: through this you know we'll make it uh, but it's uh, it's still a lot of uncertainty out there.
0: You know, if anything, I guess people are exploring new opportunities. You know, there's a surge of people developing, creating online businesses, and
1: just in the last week, two of my friends started new online businesses.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, Uh, isn't it? One
1: was, yeah, and they're both women. One's a clothing operation, and one is a a new designs of websites. Uh, One of them is a 14 year old girl. Oh uh, wow! Who's starting her own clothing line, and uh, she couldn't possibly do this. Uh, on her own. I mean, she's got the internet and she's got a good network of friends and supporters, but it's just amazing. You should, this young girl is just, she talks like any kind of entrepreneur. Wow. Uh, She goes to school in a big city school in an inner city environment. And uh, here she is just uh, starting her own business.
0: That is the, if we're going to find or look for a silver lining, I guess that's what it is, right? The push into exploring those new opportunities. What's out there. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, where can we find you and follow you and pick up your book? Well,
1: the book is called, as you so kindly mentioned, Teachers Can Be Financially Fit, Economist Advice for Educators. And if you just go to uh, Amazon and enter that title, it'll pop right up. And uh, it's a great time to, you know, teachers in education have had such a rough go. Maybe if you know a teacher, this would be a great time to, provide them with a little gift. And you can always find me at markshug.com. Uh, my last name is spelled S-C-H-U-G. And uh, I'm just updating my website. So, uh, but come by and visit, and you can find my email and all kinds of information right there at uh, markshug.com.
0: Awesome, thank you so much. Have a hey, good Hey, great to hear
1: your time. voice, Sandy. Thanks you for too. asking me to come.
0: She's been recently featured in Forbes magazine, and she said she manifested it to happen. Jacqueline Malone, the go-to gal, joins us next. All right, dear friend, strategist, podcaster, coach Jacqueline Malone. She is the go-to gal. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad you said yes, because we are so proud of you, excited for you. You checked off a big old checkmark on your bucket list with your uh, being featured in Forbes magazine. That's incredible. I did i did like oh like, A humble, <laughs>
2: like can I, I don't want to <laughs> scream i don't want to scream in people's ears right oh you know i did it's so funny though because well and we'll get into it but when it when it happened i was excited but then i was also like well you know like like everyone's kind of in forbes and my brother was like, what? Like, not everybody
0: is informed. Oh, you know what? And And we just talked about that on the air about imposter syndrome, where you have these ginormous accomplishments, Um, but yet for some reason we do that to ourselves. We squash our own excitement. Yeah, I'm
2: like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. And my brother, my brother's so sweet. Him and his girlfriend sent flowers. And Aww. he's like, No, this is a big deal. And I'm like, oh, I know, but like like my clients, my friends, like, I feel like everyone's in Forbes. And he's like, That's not normal.
0: <laughs> no, that's not how it is. That's but not how it is. When but, you posted yeah. about it, your post yeah. and that's what was like, Yeah, I gotta get her on again. You talked about how you manifested that. I mean, that has yes. always been a goal. And and we hear that a lot. Oh, you can manifest whatever you want and you set the intention. Okay, sometimes now it just becomes words. Can you really tell us what we need to do? How did it work for you? Did you always believe in that? And this might surprise you, but I actually think my kind
2: of like, well, everyone's in Forbes mindset actually may have helped me mm. manifest this. So so let's unpack this a little bit. I'm definitely not a manifesting expert, but I will say before I ever knew that there was like a word called manifesting even, other than like manifest destiny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, before I even knew about people talking about manifesting things, I, all growing up and into my 20s, I just was lucky with things. I Every time there was an opportunity to win, I can't tell you how many things I've won. Like It's kind of embarrassing. And it's funny because if there was ever, I don't know, like a giveaway thing or an opportunity, like there's just all these things throughout the years. And it became a joke where I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'll win something like, you know, like when I would like buy a ticket or do something because I just oh. would win so many little things. And when I started to actually, when I started my podcast and I started to interview people and some of them being experts on mindset and manifesting, and they were describing it. I'm like, it's so funny that you say this because I feel like I win things all the time. (laughs) like, (laughs) You're probably doing these things and not even realizing it. Ah. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And so then I started to look more at well, how does that happen? How do I do that? How do I use these powers for other things, right? <laughs> uh, not just to win like gift baskets at events, right? Yeah. How <laughs> can we, we really w- turn this in the right direction? It'd be nice
0: if you told me that lottery was one of those things.
2: <laughs> no, i never playing. Maybe I should, but no. <laughs> never like that. So that said, from learning from these people and, and kind of getting introduced to that world through my own podcast, I started to, yeah, pick up some books and listen to some podcasts and be like, what is all of this about? And Mm -hmm. early on in my business, I started to create a vision board every year and to really start not just writing down goals, but visualizing goals.
0: Okay, so step right there. So see, this vision board is another thing that almost feels, and it's so interesting because it's almost like it's the same thing you hear over and over and over again Mm -hmm. from different people. So what is this vision board? Did it really work for you?
2: So this isn't like instant like oh I made a vision board and I'm like <laughs> you know next month I got da, yeah. Da, da, da. yeah right so yeah like no let's be real about it and I want it some people listening may be like this is ridiculous and other people are like yes this totally happened to me too so what I've learned over the years with this is one it doesn't necessarily happen instantly okay. but a couple things come into play so one one comparison i'll make that i think will help people that maybe are a little bit skeptical about the idea see how this happens in just like regular life so part of it is sometimes in this world that we're in and gosh especially this year especially mm-hmm. 2020 yeah. and all of the craziness and the heaviness and the stressfulness and like anxiety ridden everything that we're living in right now with this global pandemic and everything else going on in the world it, it's like we don't want to get our hopes up sometimes right and it's like oh mm. i'm afraid to even like s- like dream big enough or like we kind of put like our own caps on what is possible or what we want and and i see that happen a lot and people say a lot like oh i don't want to get my hopes up and what happens is when we when we let ourselves down before we even like allow ourselves to dream we're closed off to opportunities and um, I say this as the, a comparison with cars. We actually, we bought a car this year. My husband bought a Subaru and I had never even <laughs> seen the car before. Right. But as soon as you start looking at cars, you start seeing that same car and the oh, same color sure. everywhere. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows like the red car syndrome or yeah. when I was pregnant, like all of a sudden everybody was pregnant. Yeah. Right. Yep. So <laughs> as soon as we've seen this, where as soon as we brought in our own mindset of even something as silly as a car or other people being pregnant, as soon as our own world is opened up to that thing being there, right, we start to notice it more. Uh-huh. We're aware of it more. And, and opening up to the ideas of what is possible is such an important step of the journey. So is the vision board magical? No. Maybe some people would say yes, but I'm going to say no. But what it does is mm-hmm. it it stretches you to think a little bit outside of what the what reality is. Instead of saying, Well, I made this much this year, let me add on three percent for what I could do. Like, no. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it should be magical, right? With pixie dust all mm-hmm. over it. And it's it's almost becoming cliche, but the way you explained it, it's creating these dreams and visions where now you are recognizing and noticing the opportunities where before you would drive right past that Subaru and not even recognize it. But now you see yeah. the Subaru, the opportunity, which is exactly. an, an interesting way of describing it.
2: Yeah. So so the first step is to just think bigger, think outside of the current reality. And I think a vision board is a great, fun way to start that, right? Now, the other key component here, so it's like broadening your your awareness of okay. what is available to you. But the key here with manifesting is belief. Mm-hmm. And a mentor of mine, Todd Herman, he always says, your business grows at the speed of your relationships and it's so true, I believe that in all my heart of just like how important relationship building is in growing your business. But I like to take inspiration from that and add to it to say your business grows at the speed of your belief. Because what you believe is possible is is really what's going to, you're, if you don't believe it, you're not gonna see it. It's mm-hmm. that, it's that simple. And with my Forbes opportunity, if I did not believe that it was possible, I probably wouldn't have gotten it. And I mean that in a very literal sense because the email that I got, I probably would have thought was spam or a trick or a way to get money out of me. Um, I probably would have interpreted it differently if I didn't believe that it was actually something that was possible.
0: Hmm, That's good. I,
2: a funny, like, and we won't get into politics, but a funny thing happened because I started getting, you know, all the political emails are very personal. Like they're like, yeah. we need you, Jacqueline. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Right,
0: right. <laughs> they're talking right to
2: you. <laughs> like all the, all the subject lines. <laughs> and it's, you know, they're great at marketing or maybe it's over the top, but some of, the, you know, it's like, and I know that that's the trick, Right. But I was getting some of these and some of them were written in such a way that I actually thought they were for me. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> but first of all, I like to point that out because it's, it sounds ridiculous, right? Like why would this presidential candidate's team be reaching out like to me personally about this? Like it sounds a little like It's because like you were in Forbes magazine. Right? Of
0: course. So- <laughs>
2: No, but this is this is a great. I I cracked myself up with this. So this happened like two or three times where I actually opened because I'm like, oh maybe they do really want me for that or oh what is right. So I started thinking like oh maybe that is a thing, right? And I opened it a couple, and of course it was just like spam emails. Well, a few weeks later, I got an email, and it was not to have a presidential candidate on my podcast, but it was from his team, and they did want to have. Um, a few surrogates they offered up a few surrogates who could be on the podcast to to help with the message and I was like that's really interesting and it was not a fit so I didn't pursue it but it was crazy to me that I had had that experience of being like oh they totally want me and then (laughs) laughing at myself and then they actually did reach out in some way shape or form right so I do think having that belief and we're kind of told and maybe it's directly told or just we're we perceive it as being told because that's what we experience around us of like oh don't don't presume things or don't think of yourself in that way right we want to be humble but if we open it up to like yeah like that could be possible right sure That's when you see those things quite literally, right? Like not even in a magic sense, but if you're not thinking that way, you will literally pass over those emails. Someone will say something to you in conversation and you'll assume that it means something different Mm. than it is because you're not open to that possibility.
0: I love that. I love that. That's a fresh new take on it. And I love that. Jacqueline, how can we uh, reach out to you and uh, follow all the great things that you're doing? First, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you
2: can go and find the GoToGal podcast. And we put out new episodes every Tuesday. And sometimes we do some bonus ones too. So definitely connect with me there. And then if you if you're wanting to get out there and maybe do a course or a live program or maybe have your own podcast or whatever it is, if you're looking to really grow a business online, one of the key components to that is building authority. People need to know that they can trust you and you need to believe that you are the authority yourself too. So I have a free 30-day guide called 30 Days of Authority Building, where literally for I tell you what to do for 30 days to build authority from the inside out. So it's my mindset, it's strategies, it's all the things. And you can get that for free at JacquelineMalone.com forward slash plan.
0: Perfect. And it's Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, she is so good. Isn't she? Okay. So honestly, our conversation went on for another 20 minutes, but I want to make sure that these episodes fit into your schedule. I don't want them to get too long. So I'm going to save the second half of our conversation to next week. And we got really into her expertise of the online space, specifically what it takes to create an online course. Now, I know it sounds very, very specific, but a lot of good people, a lot of very talented people are finding themselves without a job because of COVID. And they're exploring and having a lot of success with this developing and hosting a course. So hey, maybe this is for you too. Take some time. Really think about what you're good at, what comes natural to you because you have so much experience and knowledge with it. And hey, who knows? You might turn it into some side money, lots of side money. So we'll talk to Jacqueline again next week about online courses and how to develop one. Okay. So next though, how would your kids respond if you asked them what's better? A homemade gift or a store-bought gift? We listen in on what the kids say. Pull up a chair. We're going to take a seat at the kids' table next. All right. Welcome to the kids' table. A little messy, but we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Susan Beecham is here, our our money expert, always giving great parenting advice. So today, Susan, tis the season, right? Talking about gifts and giving. Mm -hmm. We asked the kids, is it better to make or buy a gift for someone? So here's what the kids said. Is it better to make a gift or buy a gift for somebody?
3: No, don't make a Christmas gift. Make a birthday gift. Well, maybe if you're like a little kid or if you're
2: really good at crafting and making things. And if it's something that they really want, but otherwise, like, just stick to the list. I think then that would make everyone happy. Depends. If it's something sentimental and really personal, then I think that that's really cute or something that more memorable. But if it's, like, something that I asked for, maybe that would be better store-bought. I think either one is fine because if you
3: buy a gift, you have to spend the same amount of money you would to get the supplies to make a gift.
0: What would you rather get?
3: Um... Probably, if you're very talented, a
2: homemade gift, but then if you don't really have that much talent, then maybe
0: a Starbucks (laughs) gift. Would you rather (laughs) make a gift or buy a gift for somebody? Make a gift. And why? Because it would be like a fun activity and it would be very fun for (laughs) other people to like make creative things and then you can show it back to your other, to your family. It's very cool to see everybody's artwork so you don't have to waste money on things that are gonna break in like two years. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
3: So many little moments of laughter right there. Oh my gosh, I'm in love with that (laughs) child. I'm just in love with that child, but the reality Sandy is right with the beginning. Stick to the list. I know, I know this holiday season like every celebration gives you an opportunity to talk about budgeting yeah yeah <laughs> now i know that i know that sounds like oh you know what a party pooper why would you bring up the b word but
0: well i feel like more parents will need to this holiday season especially because for a lot of us budgets are tight it you know if you compare this year to last year maybe it's going to be a huge difference for a lot of families
3: I think it's going to be a huge difference. And I think talking about budgeting in terms of making a list and checking it twice Mm. kind of makes it fun. So, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of doing things at the family dinner table, even if you only get there once or twice a week or on the weekend. And I would launch a conversation into, okay, so everybody, here's a pen, a pad of paper. I want you to make a list of all the people you want to remember this holiday season, So everybody does that. And then you put a line next to that and you say, okay, so now decide whether you want to make or buy a gift for that person. Okay, make or buy. And then next to that, what do you estimate the cost of either the purchase or the purchase of materials to make that gift will be? Then add it up. Then start to look at your list and say, okay, I I think I need to maybe make a few more gifts because I don't have the budget to pay for buying all my gifts. Now you're having your child do this, even the youngest child, who do you want to remember? Mom, dad, sister, brother, this conversation about what it takes to remember people during our holidays is a great way to open up a conversation about budgeting, boundaries, resources. And it may even give you as a parent the opportunity to say, okay, so this year, things are gonna be a little different. Now, talking about money is not easy, I know that. And talking about a budget is sometimes a snooze for a lot of people. But you know, if you say to the kids, I wanna sit down and talk about the holiday list, That's fun. They won't even know they're getting vegetables in that conversation. (laughs) So um, I I always say, you know, make a date to make a list and then keep the list with you at all times.
0: At what point do you say as the parent, okay, now this is all on you, you know, because for a long time, the gifts really come from us, our wallet. Mm -hmm. At what Mm -hmm. point do you transition into, okay, well, if you want to if you want to give a gift, you're going to either have to decide let's make it because you don't have the money for it, or you have to save
3: up for it. Is there an age? At the age of seven or eight, that is definitely an opportunity. Kindergarten, first grade, okay, all around them, they're seeing gift giving. So they're getting it. It's abstract, the whole idea of giving a gift, but they get the feeling of giving a gift. Mm. So while they have a teacher they may love and adore that they wanna give a gift to, and you ask them what kind of gift, and let's say they name, um, I'd like to give my teacher um, a new sweatshirt because she really loves this football team. And then you go and you take a look at what it costs and it costs $35. Okay, probably not. What else could we do? What else does your teacher love? Maybe we could make something. Maybe we could bake together. As your kids get older, there's nothing wrong with assigning them um, the gift giving responsibility for grandparents or for a favorite aunt. Uh, they know they want to do something for you and you know mom and dad. Yeah. So you have to help them get there because it can't all be done on Amazon. You won't have enough money if you're a middle schooler to do all that. And, and they shouldn't feel bad about that. Yeah, they yeah. Should, You should help them figure out different options. Um, another great gift that my older daughter gave to me, which a child can give to a parent, she gave me five envelopes and they were five letters. And on the front of each envelope, it said things like um, open when you feel sad, open when oh. you want love, open when you feel stressed. This was her in high school writing five letters for me to open anytime I needed some love, inspiration. Now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Wouldn't a grandparent, a mom or a dad love to receive that? Uh, middle schoolers, junior high, high schoolers, they can write those letters. But another thing a very young child can do can be five pictures, you know, Uh, that they draw, that they put in that envelope, open when you feel sad, open when you want a hug, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So brainstorm with them, brainstorm, no cost gift, gift ideas and show them that you're doing the same thing by the way. So when you write your list out and you've got your best friend that you want to give something to this year, maybe it's your favorite family recipe and you give them one or two of the ingredients, or you even make some and give them the recipe. And then finally, for parents, I do do wanna say to them, there's tons of research that talks about the importance of experiences over gifts, Mm. that experiences are just more impactful, more remembered, more cherished by children when they become young adults. So experiences are pretty hard to do right now. If you've got a child who loves baseball, Buy them a baseball, wrap it up, print the calendar of their favorite team, and highlight the furthest date out that you can <laughs> as a date that you're going to take <laughs> to a game. You know, it's not only a gift of an experience, but it's also hope. Yeah. Yeah. These, these things will get better. And
0: I am going to do it because I know it makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm going to give a plug to your gift ideas. There's a lot of good money kind of gifts to give, like the Money Savvy Generation Pig, and they're all on your website, right? Other ideas.
3: They're all, they're all on MoneySavvy.com, and I, thank you, Sandy. I appreciate that. You know, the best toys that you buy for your children prompt them to either think, feel, or do. You know, they encourage curiosity, empathy, and creativity. And the Money Savvy Pig, which was one of the first things that um, we created, does exactly that. It gets your child to think in terms of choice. What do they want to do with their money? Save, spend, donate, or invest? How do they feel about those choices? By setting goals. And then it actually encourages them to do the thing they need to do, which is put money in each one of those slots to succeed, to accomplish that goal. So. Um, Think, think, do, or feel should be what guides you as you buy gifts for your children. And I'm hoping that you'll find something on our site that encourages your child to do exactly that.
0: Susan, thank you so much for your time.
3: Thanks, Sandy. I appreciate it.
0: right there we go another show in the books let me know if there's a topic you want us to answer in no dumb questions if there's a guest you want me to get on the show or if you need help talking to the kids about money this podcast is for you before we leave today's money victory shout out goes to Juanita Leon she said I found two tens in my little pouch I carry when not using my purse on Sunday Listen, that counts as a money victory, especially during the holidays. Congratulations, Juanita. Cheers to you and each and every single one of you who is proud to say that you're on your way to being a financially confident woman. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the 7 Figures podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 7 Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union.